all members who have logged in to the visual mini plenary session. There will now be an opportunity for silent prayer or meditation. Thank you, <clears throat> honorable members. Before we proceed, I would like to remind you that the visual mini plenary is deemed to be in the precinct of parliament and constitutes a meeting of the National Assembly for debating purposes only. In addition to the rules of visual sitting in the prison, the rules of the National Assembly, including the rules of debate, a meeting of the National Assembly, and members of the National and privileges for debating purposes that apply in the sitting of the National Assembly. In addition to the rules, members of the National Assembly, the rules of the National Assembly, the Thank you. 
Honorable Advocate Bongani Bongo, Honorable Members of the Kotulu Committee on Home Affairs, Honorable Members of the National Assembly and the National Council of Provinces, the Chairperson of the Electoral Commission, Mr. Glenn Machinini and his colleagues in the Commission, as well as the CEO of the Electoral Commission, Mr. Saima Mabolo, and other Commissioners, the Acting Director General of the Department of Health, Mr. Jackson McKay and his team, the acting CEO of the Government Printing Works, Ms. Alina Fossey and her team, members of the media, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon to you all, and thank you for the interest in the work of the Department of Home Affairs. We are meeting virtually on Mandela Month, a month which has been recognized by the United Nations to emphasize the importance of social solidarity. Social solidarity has taken a greater importance this year as we fight diligently to sp stop the spread of COVID-19, a pandemic which continues to change our lives adversely. We've been forced to return to our human values of caring for ourselves and others, albeit in a new way, a new normal. In this period, we practice Ubuntu by, among others, wearing masks when we are in public spaces and by not undertaking unnecessary travel around the country. At the Department of Home Affairs, despite all the difficulties, we've been working hard assisting the country to navigate these uncertain times. We have continued to offer access to essential enabling documents to our people in their time of need. We are also providing back-end ID number authentication to help the state pay the social relief of distance grants and the unemployment insurance fund payments to the correct people. As you are by now aware, the budget allocated to us early this year by the Minister of Finance have to be reworked. This is because the Treasury asked us, as they did with all other departments, to surrender two, 562 million back to the fiscals to fund the COVID-19 pandemic. Hence, our plans had to be reconfigured as we did present to the portfolio committee some few weeks back. The Department of Home Affairs has two entities that report to it. These are entities so important that without them, democracy, social and economic lives will have been what, as we know them in South Africa today, would not have been what they are. I'm referring here, Chairperson, to the Independent Electoral Commission and the Government Printing Works. In the past budget speeches, the practice was to start the speech about the civics and immigration arms of home affairs. And somewhere toward the end, start mentioning the IEC and the government printing works. This year and this afternoon, Chairperson, please allow me to deviate from these past practices. So I wish to start this budget speech with the IEC 
followed by the government printing works. The IEC, the Electoral Commission as we know it, has commenced preparations for 2021 local government elections. A partnership with Municipal Demarcation Board will culminate into the handover of the final demarcation of votes at the end of November this year. The commission will, de will then earnestly engage in preparatory work. Furthermore, the IEC has taken note of calls to harmonize elections across the three spheres. That means to have all elections, local, provincial, and national, on the same day. This is a matter of national policy and is hence the purview of the national legislature and not the IEC. The political parties must make a decision on this matter, and the sooner, the better. Last year in the national elections, there were allegations of double voting, which of course could not be verified. However, in removing the possibility of the allegations ever being made again in future elections, the IEC is in the process of procuring new devices for use in the registration process, as well as on the election day. This equipment the IEC is procuring has got nothing to do with electronic voting, as some people might think. The equipment will only serve to verify the voters' role on elections day. Given the ongoing pandemic, the commission is working out modalities of possible electronic registration of voters. This is a necessary development to minimize the number of people at the registration stations while increasing the number of registered voters. Once the exploratory work is complete, the commission will provide details to the country. The country has not yet forgotten the constitutional court judgment and order about the issue of addresses of voters. This chairperson, needless to say, led to anxieties over the possibility of disenfranchising a majority of poor citizens in our country who have got no addresses to talk about. I wish to report to you this afternoon that the commission has worked very hard around the clock. Out of the 26.5 million registered voters, 24 million now have complete addresses on the voters' roll. This translates into 90.5% of all the registered voters. This is a phenomenal improvement, given that in 2016, when we went to local government elections, only 8.6 million complete addresses were present on the voters' roll. There are currently 1.2 million people. Uh, that translates into 9.5% of registered voters for whom the commission still does not have addresses. I can assure you these voters will be deprived of their right to vote. I'll bring to this house proposed amendments to the electoral prescripts, which will, amongst others, provide a varied voting mechanism for these voters. This will entail providing an address at the voting station just before voting. Last night, Chairperson, the IEC held a very brief, I mean, a very important brief 
which resembled a, form, a sort of a workshop on electoral systems around the world to the members of Portfolio Committee on Home Affairs. This was a consequence of the Constitutional Court ruling that instructs Parliament to amend the Electoral Act to accommodate <coughs> in provincial and national elections. There are rumors, uh, Chairperson swirling around, that some parties in Parliament are very reluctant or not willing to make this amendment, or at least to make it in time for next for the next elections. I wish to reassure the nation that this is not the case as far as the party I represent is concerned. I will challenge the other parties to talk for themselves and place on the table the positions of their various parties on this. <clears throat> the ruling party is committed to make the necessary arrangements for the constitutional court ruling to be honored. Actually, it is clear from the discussions last night that these changes will afford an opportunity to cure all the ills we have, we have in our electoral regime. Preparatory work is taking place in the department to make sure that we don't miss this opportunity. I'll now move to the government printing works. Chairperson, the government printing works is one of the shiny stars among government entities. It is generally not known beyond government uh, circles. And yet without it, political, social, and economic life as we know it today in South Africa will have been next to impossible to manage. The government printing works is where high security documents identifying each and every one of us within the borders of the country are printed. This is a self-funding entity and receives not a single cent from treasury to run its affairs. On the contrary, the entity sends money to treasury in the form of profits every year. Over the past three financial years, the government printing works has sent a total of 600 million rand in the form of profits uh, to treasury. The government printing works has, however, not escaped the effects of COVID-19 on its operations. Revenue had to be adjusted downwards by 50% of the original estimate. This will result in the net loss of 83.4 million rand in the 2021-2021 financial year. This is unprecedented. It never happened in the past uh, uh, decade, considering that in the past financial years, uh, from 2017, 2018, 2019, the printing works made profit of $525 million and $528 million respectively. This is it, the stark reality laid there by the effects of COVID-19. The loss is induced mainly by the drastic reduction in the issuing of IDs and passports as have happened due, due to the lockdown. However, I'm happy to report that our projections show that over the next three financial years, the IEC, the, the, the government printing works will still be able to hold its own and will never need any money from Treasury unless something drastic happens beyond what COVID-19 is doing to us today. Lastly, Chairperson, the government printing works recruit 100 young graduates, women and people living with disabilities for a period of five years to train them into skilled artisans who will compete for artisanal jobs at the printing works. Unfortunately, this very important works has been interfered with uh, in this, this year because of COVID-19. Over the period of the lockdown, the government printing works has printed 111 provincial gazettes and 
318 national gazettes, without which there will have been a death of information and lack of regulatory capacity of the state. Fighting corruption, Chairperson, one of the evils that the Department of Home Affairs spends sleepless nights over is the sketch of bribery, fraud, and corruption. These are the terrible triplets which have, we have to fight each and every day. Of all the acts of bribery, fraud, and corruption, the devil, the department, in a way that makes us fight each and every day. One of the things that made me fight uh, more than ever before was the discovery that our Secretary of Civics and Immigration Services based in South Africa's mission in Windhoek in Namibia was fine to be selling visas to non-qualifying people in Pakistan and Bangladesh. The scheme was so simple for them that fraudsters did not even have to travel to Namibia to get this document. They were just courier to them and delivered on a, couple, on a silver platter. This official has not only been fired, we have handed over the files for the hawks to pursue prosecution for fraud and corruption. The department has revoked 100 visas obtained in this manner. I cannot claim in front of the house that these are all the visas that were defrauded because we do not know. Hence, we are busy auditing all the visas issued by this official since she has been deployed to our mission in Namibia in October 2018. I'm elevating this matter this way because I wish to take this opportunity to talk to our labor unions. We accept and understand that unions have an obligation to defend their members. But the manner in which the union to which this lady belonged tried to stifle our DC processes leaves a lot to be desired. I don't believe that union membership is bigger than patriotism. What this lady was doing is tantamount to high prison, selling the sovereignty of our country to the highest bidder. Let our country come first, and unionism will become a pleasant experience. The police have arrested several other officials for fraudulent activities in the Department of Home Affairs. Chairperson, I'm happy to announce, as many of you have seen, that the president has eventually assented to the Border Management Authority Act. We'll now start the odious work of implementation. Chairperson, you are also aware that at the beginning of uh, the lockdown, we have agreed that we are extending all the permits and visas that will expire intra-lockdown to July 2020, to the 31st of July 2020. You are aware that July 2020, uh, 31st July 2020 is around the corner and nothing has changed much. So I'm here to announce that we are extending the extension of validity of visas to the 31st of October 2020. I'll be signing a government gazette to amend the regulations to provide for this in a short while, but definitely before the 31st of July. I wish to take this opportunity to thank my colleague, the Deputy Minister of Home Affairs, Honorable Thank you Dabu. very much, Honorable Minister. Excuse me, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Minister. The time is up. Okay, Honorable Chair, I wish to present the budget of 8 billion. 467,629,000 for the consideration of this house. I thank you.
Thank you very much, sir. The next speaker from the ANC is the Honorable Pichi Congo. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair, Honorable Minister Dr. Aaron Mutualedi, Honorable Deputy Minister Mr. Njabulu Nzunza, Honorable Members, Leadership of the IEC, Members of the Media and Fellow South Africans. July is a very significant month in the history of our country. It marks the month of the birth of our struggle icon, Isitwalande, our hero, peacemaker, reconciler, the father of our nation, Udatumadiba. Critically, July reminds us of a supreme sacrifice that Madiba and his generation made for our country in order for us to achieve peace, freedom, democracy, and justice, whilst reclaiming our dignity as a people. We can say without fear of contradictions that it is because of our liberation struggle that has produced much of the value and lessons that are relevant for many people in the world. South Africa needs to draw on the same values and lessons, and they speak directly to the challenges we confront today. Chairperson, on the 24th of June 2020, the Minister of Finance tabled a special adjustment budget intended to report on the COVID-19 fiscal measures and resulting in the proposed adjustment to the division of revenue and the departmental allocations and the setting out of government commitment to stabilize and to strengthen public finances and to promote economic reform faster and more encouraging inclusive growth. An adjustment budget provides for a significant and unforeseeable economic financial events. It also provides for shifting of funds between and within votes. The special adjusted budget focuses on the government's response strategy to face coronavirus pandemic. The 2019-2020 fiscal financial year adjusted allocation was 9 0.52 billion, and the main appropriation in 2020 and 2021 financial year was 9.02 billion. The special adjusted budget further reduces the department's allocation to 8.46 billion. That's making it uh, 5.62 million. The special adjusted budget could potentially pose a significant risk in the department's ability to achieve its annual performance plan and the five-year strategic objective. The Department of Home Affairs opted for a targeted approach rather than a blanket 17% cut across all its branches and earmarked funds. Rather than a one-size-fits-all approach, the department that focused mainly where there was no contractual commitment made, where the there were no new appointments made to the department where upgrades and improvement could be delayed and where service delivery is least affected. The most substantial reduction was at an immigration affairs with 256.8 million. The administration program and the citizens affairs had a budget reduced by 183.04 million and 122.11 million respectively. The citizens' affairs retain its 55% share 
of the total budget, there was an increase in terms of percentage share for immigration affairs up from 15% in 2019 2020 financial year to 18%, whereas there was a decline of 2% in the administration. When special adjusted budget is compared to 2019 2020 financial year in real terms, the department's overall reduction is 1.397 billion, which makes up to 14.7%. Chairperson, the committee welcomes the assurance that despite the 562 million budget reprioritization measures have been put in place to ensure that budget cut will not drastically affect service delivery in the short term. The committee will await for a revised medium-term strategic framework strategy for 2020-2021 annual performance plan to evaluate the direct impact of the budgetary cuts of the department's target. The committee has welcomed progress made by the Independent Electoral Committee in preparation for the 2021 local government election. The progress is particularly praiseworthy in the light of the uncertainty caused by the COVID-19 pandemic and the funding pressures arising from the reprioritization of the budget from the from treasure. Given the 52 million decline in the IEC, we were assured that plans to normalize and uh, stabilize all the programs are in place in the IEC. The committee further welcomed the securing of funds to procure the new voter management devices, which will be critical for a successful delivery of 2021 local government elections. The committee is hopeful that the IC will, will be given necessary support to implement this project from the Department of Home Affairs and National Treasury. This is very critical, Chairperson, as it will deliver a credible elections for the country. Chairperson, the committee has noted that government printing works is a revenue generating entity and it is not required to cut its baseline. Despite this, the committee notes the impact COVID-19 has on the government printing works projections of sales. The government printing works responded to questions on the passport and all the work that it ought to have done before the lockdown. The committee commends the efforts by the Department of Home Affairs, as led by the Minister, Dr. Ntualedi, and the Deputy Minister Nzunza, targeting its significant adjustment budget in such a way that it minimizes the impact of service delivery. The department should present its revised annual performance plan to the committee once it is finished. The committee, having considered this budget vote five, it does support the approval chairperson. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, the next speaker is from the TA, Honorable TA Kanyela. Um, Honorable House Chair, we are facing unprecedented during the COVID-19 pandemic where tough decisions had to be made on whether to preserve lives or livelihoods. When the president one day's lockdown to allow time to prepare for the pandemic, we welcome the call 
I wrote a letter to Minister Aaron Mutualedi pledging my support and availability should he need assistance from official opposition. When level five the lockdown was, several homes of uh, services were not made available. Only the issue of death certificate, reissue of birth certificate and ID documented form. On level three, registration of new late birth and marriages were also allowed. However, we cannot care excluding the application ID passports and passport renewals, especially yeah. when who are still at home whilst earning full salary. While every official's health must be taken into consideration, we have on numerous occasions requested the minister to fast track the negotiations with unions to ensure that officials are able to work on Saturdays. The Department of Home Affairs has had an ongoing issue of long queues. If the minister does not allow the department to fully reopen all its services, it will be confronted with a huge backlog that it will be unable to resolve. Members of the community turn to the Democratic Alliance for assistance. Currently, we are attending to queries that date as far back as 2017, where people have submitted their applications and have to date received no response. We have also experienced a pure lack of appetite to serve from some officials at the department who ignore our emails for weeks. We strongly suggest that all officials must be trained on Batupili principles. We are also aware of the high rates of positive cases in the Eastern Cape and Gauteng currently. In the Eastern Cape, the following home affairs offices have been inaccessible. Omdanzane, King William Town, Setterham, and as a result, funeral parlors are struggling to conduct burials without their certificates. Gauteng is experiencing similar challenges. The department needs to allocate more officials to assist with the issuing of their certificates to ensure smooth flow of burials. If they don't, mortuaries will overflow and bodies will decay. The minister in his speech today has referred to government printing works as a shining star. How shame. Let me give you details on this shining star. There are shocking allegations from a whistleblower against the acting CEO of Government Printing, Printing Works, Ms. Alina Faustin. These include questions about whether she's qualified for a position as CEO, the alleged use of tax taxpayers' money to buy business class tickets to travel with France, friends to a so-called workshop in France, intimidating Government Printing Works employees, unnecessarily hosting a workshop of approximately 500,000 at Bella Bella, and overseeing appointment of suppliers for this workshop without following due processes. Ms. Fossey has purportedly been shortlisted and interviewed for permanent appointment as CEO of the government printing works. Surely, should Ms. Fossey be appointed as CEO at the GPW, she wouldn't want a dark cloud hanging over her head. The department must rest assured that the Democratic Alliance will leave no stone unturned in ensuring that the investigation is conducted and a full report is provided. The minister told us in the portfolio committee that he has referred this matter to the Hawks. We hope he will provide the terms of reference and the case number in his response. We must take lead and ensure that all allegations of wrongdoing are tested. Ms. Alina Foss also know that no amount of intimidation it has turned a blind eye on any allegations. We do not support this budget. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Tito from the EFF. Honorable Thanks, House Chair. Thanks, House Chair. 
Chairperson, the Economic Freedom Fighters rejects the adjusted budget vote of the Department of Home Affairs. As a result of the crisis <coughs> about by COVID-19, we have had our borders closed and traveling is limited across the country. That is the right thing to do. But we also have thousands of people from other African nations here who have been waiting for years for their documentation. The department had purposefully frustrated their attempts at getting documents before. Their situation will surely get worse. The expressly anti-African attitude by some South Africans is only an extension of the hatred of Africans shown by the government, represented so well by this department. Chairperson, we as the EFF, we are unapologetically pan-Africanists in every character, in posture and in action. Minister Motualedi is an Afrophobe who, while at the Department of Health, foolishly said our public health is collapsed by the influx of fellow Africans. Under his guidance, the Department of Human Affairs has only intensified its anti-African posture. It is for this reason that you will never find white people at Lindelani Repatriation Center. It is always African people who are chucked out of this country by the Department of Home Affairs. This confirms the view held across the continent that South Africa is an anti-black xenophobic state only too willing to inflict the most unimaginable pain on black bodies. Chairperson, the downward adjustment of the budget by about 562 million will pose a significant risk to the department's ability to achieve its programs, especially on service delivery. At critical areas such as birth, that registration and also the issuance of ID cards. The failure of the department to keep their offices open in hospitals to register births between March and May has led to a significant number of babies born then who still do not have birth certificates. We still do not know how do they plan to resolve, to resolve that problem. Chairperson, we are supposed to have elections next year, like the minister has said. We have made a submission that these elections must be moved to 2024, so that we have a single election for national, provincial, and local government. On, on the other, other than the fact that it will be extremely difficult to organize elections for next year in light of the uncertainties brought about by COVID-19, it is also makes logical sense to scrutinize our elections. There will be no time to do outreach programs to encourage our voters, our people to register for the next year's elections. And we cannot do this via online platforms. Yes, because the scared of election. Do not have access to this. There is no certainty that the virus will be over next year, DA. So we cannot plan properly for elections while under the dark cloud of the virus. But over and above this, it makes no logical and financial sense to have elections almost every two years in the country. It makes the country in a permanent elections mode. And this leads to the instability we see everywhere in terms of governance. It leaves little room for service delivery because most of our politicians and officials are forever worried about their positions. So we submit that let us extend the term of local government up until 2024 and then have national provincial and local government elections. Chairperson, we as the EFF, we reject this budget vote 5 of 
Boom Affairs. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. Uh, the next speaker, oh, the, the IFP, Honorable Fanar Marve. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chairperson. And may I start by remembering the former Member of Parliament and our struggle icon, Dr. Andrew Langeni. On behalf of the IFP, I wish to express our sincere condolences to his family, his friends, and the African National Congress at large. Chairperson, sorry, I'm just, I lost my speech there, sorry. Chairperson, the Department of Home Affairs is one of those that had its budget adjusted downwards. This was a sacrifice that the department was asked to make as part of our collective efforts in the fight against COVID-19. That being said, the IFP believes that this department can hardly afford such a significant deviation at this time. We must therefore consider what we are sacrificing. Local government elections are mere months away, and this department's role in guaranteeing free and fair elections cannot be overstated. While the IEC continues to give us assurances that they're ready to host the 2021 polls, a number of key questions remain unanswered, such as, Will there be enough budget and enough time to roll out the much anticipated new voting machines? Even before the advent of COVID-19, this department had a number of notable challenges. The department has become synonymous with systems that are perpetually offline, long queues and unhelpful staff, while fraud, corruption and bribery is rife. Thus, the department's ICT reform, its ongoing war on queues, and getting the department's services fully online are urgent targets that must be achieved. A budget and not a budget cut was therefore needed to address these challenges. Chairperson, in April of this year, the Department of Public Works erected a 37 million rand national embarrassment between South Africa and Zimbabwe and mistakenly referred to it as a border fence. However, as we now know, this national embarrassment stopped absolutely nobody from entering our country illegally. It remains a cause for great concern that the influx of undocumented migrants continue to rise, yet the Department of Home Affairs has no effective system to deal with this. In addition, the Immigration Services Inspectorate remains understaffed, further crippling an already broken system. This department will argue that the Border Management Authority Act, which came into effect yesterday, will be the panacea to all our challenges. However, it doesn't solve the fact that we already have a high influx of undocumented migrants and illegal migrants from all continents, not just the African continent, in towns and cities across our country. And the question must be asked today, what is this department going to do about it? The Minister of Home Affairs cannot continue to pass the buck to others such as the Department of Labor or local government in this regard. It is a fact that the failure of this department to address the saturation of undocumented migrants and illegal migrants is exactly why we saw the recent truck driver protests. Government itself has admitted that its immigration system is broken. The Minister of Labor has admitted that many sectors are employing undocumented or illegal migrants only, while the Minister of Finance made similar remarks recently. Yet this department's general response to these issues does not meet its constitutional obligations and suggests a complete absence of political will in this regard. And this is simply not good enough. This budget cut will no doubt hamper the work of this department in the year ahead. However, despite the budget cut, the IFP believes that it's time for this department to own up to its shortcomings 
and to focus on solving these. We live in hope that this will be the case and therefore we will support vote five. I thank you. Thank you, Honourable Member. We now call upon the Honourable Member Mulder from the EFF Plus. Thank you, Voorzitter. Achtbare Voorzitter, die rol wat die Departement van Binnenlandse Zaken moet vervul om die identiteit van Zuid-Afrikaanse burgers te beschermen, die migratie van mensen te reguleren en ook die landse internationale verplichtingen na te komen wat bewegingsregulering betreft, verkeer onder enorme druk als gevolg van die internationale en plaatselijke inperkingsregulaties in het reisverbod. Hierdie mandaat blijft echter centraal staan door die Binnenlandse Veiligheid als ook die bescherming van Zuid-Afrikaanse burgers waar ook al hulle in die buitenland mag wees. The fact that the department was forced to work with skeleton staff in compliance with the national lockdown regulations had a detrimental effect on the ability of the department to fulfill its mandate, especially to the disadvantage of South African citizens stranded abroad without the valid travel documents. During the lockdown period, the demand for the issuance of uncollected identification documents Temporary identification certificates, registrations of birth and death and passports to those in export and cargo exports exceeded the ability of the department to deliver. Honorable Chair, in considering the reduced special adjusted budget in the department's allocation by 562 million rand when compared to the 2020-21 main allocation, and even a further 1 billion rand when compared to the previous year without considering inflation, one could expect an even greater inability of the department to, to, fill, to fulfill its mandate than before COVID-19. The Freedom Front Plus is concerned about the impact of the reduced special adjustment budget on the ability of the IEC to prepare for the by-elections as well as the 2021 local government elections. And even with the consideration of the e-voting system as a means to increase operational efficiencies the Freedom Front Plus will keep a watchful eye. The task of amending the Electoral Act 78 of 1998, as ordered by the Constitutional Court in June 2020, in the New Nation Movement versus the President of the Republic of South African case, will pose an additional challenge on the budget of the department. The Freedom Front Plus will not support the budget vote. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. Jay Mulder from the FF Plus. The next speaker is the Deputy Minister, the Deputy Minister of Home Affairs. Honorable, Honorable House Chairperson, the Minister of Home Affairs, Dr. Aaron Mtualedi, members of the Executive, the Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee on Home Affairs Advocate. Bongo, colleagues, fellow South Africans. House Chairperson, a great crisis is upon us. It is overwhelming. It might just be the greatest threat against humanity we might ever have to face in recent times. It is an invisible enemy that has undermined powerful weapons of war. It has hit the entire world like a powerful storm that no one was ever ready for. COVID-19 has brought crisis that does not just test our smarts, but our character and resolve. This is not a time for triumphalism, 
and staging a popularity gala. It is not a time to seek relevance. We have no option but to rise to the occasion as much as we could never be adequately prepared for what was unknown, but we could surely control how we respond. The budget we are presenting here is our response to maintaining and advancing a new way of life for the better, whilst we are still faced with great adversity. House Chairperson, the Department of Home Affairs responded to this and did not crumble at the face of great adversity. We have responded by making sure that critical parts of our way of life are preserved under this difficult time. The services offered by Home Affairs are inescapable and cannot be duplicated anywhere else. And so we made sure that despite this crisis, we rose to the occasion in service of the millions of South Africans and foreign nationals who depend on us. During the lockdown period between 27 March 2020 to 13 July 2020, we waged a formidable war against the scandal of invisibility by registering 267,835 new beds that occurred just before and during lockdown, covering the backlog. We issued 150,141 temporal identity certificates, ensuring that those who lost their identity documents could continue with their lives. We facilitated the collection of 139,061 smart ID cards. We took 2,661 passport applications for cross-border essential service workers, ensuring that those who move cross-border goods essential for our survival are able to do so. We issued 135,384 death certificates, ensuring that our loved ones are buried with dignity and ensuring access to policy benefits of those who had departed. These are figures consistent with what we had registered in the previous year during the same period. Chairperson, we responded and adapted our working hours from 10 to 1400 and we went back to our normal working hours. We went back to our presence in bed centers to register beds. This chairperson we achieved through the dedication and resolve of our frontline dedicated civil servants who braved uncertainty. They answered their call of duty and kept our country working. This budget will go to great lengths in ensuring that citizens and residents are issued with enabling documents that give them access to all that our great nation has on offer. In the previous financial year, we reached a milestone of 845,253 beds registered within 30 days, as such surpassing the 810,000 target of early bed registration. The early bed registration program has resulted into a decline of 27.8% in late bed registrations, with those of children above 14 years declining by 59.8%. This powerful program ensures that our children get their identity early in life and thereby ensuring that no South African child becomes stateless. We have established presence in 391 health facilities across the country for the registration of beds and deaths, of which 322 are public and 69 are private health facilities. In 2019, we embarked on a high-scale project to roll out online bed registration in all 1,445 public health facilities with maternity wards by 2020-2023 financial year, including strengthening bed registration system in already established 391 health facilities. This budget will bring us closer towards the rollout of online registration systems in all public health facilities. We say this with confidence 
Because we have optimized online birth registration in 41 historically high birth occurrence area centers in the 2019-20 financial year. To advance this program further, this budget invests further resources for hospital connectivity and footprint development in order to secure a better future for the unborn children who will get their identities before they leave health facilities. We are stepping up our initiatives for the first time for the first time issue of smart ID cards. We have allocated mobile units to schools in partnership with the Department of Education. This strategy of going to our youth directly in school will, in the medium term, ensure that no learner loses a school day because they must apply for their identity documents within the branch network. We have successfully implemented a special volunteer program dedicated to learners. The department has decided certain has dedicated certain holidays and certain weekends, special days dedicated to learners only. These special days have helped us reach learners on holidays and weekends, thus saving them school hours. Honorable Chair, let me take this opportunity to salute the dedicated youth of the department who have selflessly given time to service other young people. Their dedication is inspiring. These initiatives have helped us come closer to our target in issuing of new smart identity cards. The achievements that have been made do not in any way make us forget challenges that lie ahead of us. That is why we plead with the people of South Africa to collect their identity documents from Home Affairs. The department is currently sitting with 305,829 uncollected identity documents. Even though this figure went down from 412,686, which was at the end of the 1920 financial year, which is a good achievement. We believe that more still needs to be done in this regard. We'll continue with our awareness campaigns to urge the public to collect their identity documents in order for the country to continue towards its smart and secure identity regime. The budget we are presenting here today will advance the department's plan to continue issuing world-class passports that are secure and credible. The South African passport is amongst the top rated in the world. We are proud that out of 782,049 adult passports issued, 98.86% were issued within 13 days. Only 36,716 of these were issued beyond 13 days, as such surpassing our targets. We went further and issued 162,340 passports for minors within 18 working days and 1,877 were issued beyond the 18 working days. This budget allows the department to resolve some of the government's core network issues that if not resolved will continue being a stumbling block towards building an uninterrupted network connectivity. These interventions are currently in progress and should be completed within 24 hours. These interventions will improve our system's availability. The improvement of system's availability will go away a long way in ensuring that citizens are assisted with speed. This will in turn reduce long queues and time spent by clients in our offices. We must keep in mind that this is an extraordinary budget vote. This has resulted into just above a half a billion budget cut for the department. The department in response has adopted a revolutionary targeted approach in the preparation of this budget. The targeted approach allows us to keep the department intact and also gives us the ability to meet our contractual ability. This approach has allowed us to buffer the impact of budget cuts caused by COVID-19. We have used the saving made 
on the travel allocation to our advantage by reallocating those funds to critical parts of our unit. The targeted approach allows us to embrace and support critical role played by our human capital in the front end service of our citizens. The target approach means we will continue to fill critical positions. We have directed resources towards securing guarantees that we do not lose any more human capital by filling all posts that will become vacant during the financial year. This resolves our long-standing problem of the permanent erosion of our human capital. Times are tough, House Chair. We are working in uncharted territory. This, however, should not make us stumbling and never stand up again. We will stumble, but we will rise again, again, and again till we achieve our goals. Today, Chairperson, we pay tribute to our staff members who have not been spared by COVID-19. We say to them, your contributions will always be remembered. We were trained to never mourn, but to mobilize. We have mobilized, Chair, and lined up all our resources. We are like a sharp spear ready for battle. Now more than ever, the words by President Tabompegi hold truth. That gloom and despondency has never defeated adversity. Trying times need courage and resilience. Our strength as a people is not tested during the best of time. As we said before, we should never become despondent because the weather is bad. No, should we turn triumphalist because the sun shines. I thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Deputy Minister. Minister. Uh, the next speaker is from the SADP, the Honorable Stephen Swartz, and immediately thereafter, I'll, I'll hand over to the Honorable Masaule. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. Thank you, House Chair. House Chair, Honorable Minister, the ACDP would firstly like to express its deepest condolences to the family and friends on the passing of veteran Honorable Andrew Bob Malangani, who served with us for many years in Parliament and who I got to know very deeply over that period as well. Our thoughts and prayers are with you all at this time. Now, the special adjustment budget vote, as other speakers have indicated, reduces the budget by 560 million. And this obviously does place pressures on the department, and we need to appreciate the crucial work that the department does in various areas, as pointed out by the minister and other speakers. What is significant is that it is also responsible for the population register, which registers all births and deaths in the country. Now, in view of COVID-19, it is significant that in 19 May, the department indicated that 50,356 deaths from various illnesses, that's about after six weeks, of which 286 at that stage were COVID-19 related. Now, as of yesterday, there were 5,368 COVID-19 deaths, very tragic. However, by yesterday, one can then estimate that at least another 50,000 people would have died of other illnesses, including HIV, AIDS, TB, and other chronic diseases. The Deputy Minister indicated 135,000 death certificates have been issued. Of course, not all are chronic diseases. And that is not to detract from the seriousness of COVID-19, but it does illustrate the high levels of disease in the nation. And I'm sure, Honourable Minister, you could probably give us a more accurate figure. The question is, whether sufficient resources, given what Home Affairs tells us, are given to other diseases and what impact the lockdown has on patients accessing medication and treatment. Every life is precious, 
and we should, Honourable Minister, probably be given a daily tally from the Department of all people dying of all diseases in South Africa, as this would be very revealing. The ACDP also welcomes the progress in the preparation for the 2021 local government elections. We do not believe they should be delayed beyond the end of next year. And we give them commendations for the purchasing of zip-zip machines and the possibility of e-registration and possibly e-voting uh, as well. And lastly, in the limited time I've got, we also, as the ACDP minister, welcome the briefing by the ISC on the potential electoral systems in view of the new nation constitutional court judgment. We would fully support the constitutional court judgment. Let's put it on record. And the electoral reforms, we'd like to look at them as soon as possible. But it is crucial, Honourable Minister, that we keep a close look on the time frames, given that the constitutional court has given very specific deadlines, and I'm sure that the committee will be watching this very closely. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, Honorable Swartz. Honorable members, we will now move to the next speaker, uh, Honorable Zungula from the ATM. Thank you, Chair. South Africa is a sovereign country and it must always seek to preserve and protect its sovereignty. As a party and a people, we aren't against the freedom of movement. We aren't against people coming to South Africa, but they must come here lawfully. We must know who they are, what are they here for, where do they stay and do in our country. To have porous borders is a huge security risk, and it must worry us that ISIS has threatened to fight the country from within should South Africa assist Mozambique. The department's failure to secure and protect its, the borders means it is complicit in all the crimes committed by foreign nationals in the country. As we speak, we don't know how many foreign nationals are working in key government positions that can compromise our country. We may even have spies running our SOEs and key government departments. Just recently, a British national was appointed to run the new SAA. The country must have refugee camps for all asylum seekers. This will safeguard the country from economic migrants who come here disguised as asylum seekers. It is a well-known fact Many economic migrants have taken the advantage of the current practice of not having refugee camps by falsely claiming they are refugees, whereas they are economic migrants. Srin Diwani, Janus Walus, Ananias Mate, Radovan Kretscher are few foreign nationals, a few of many foreign nationals who committed crimes in our country because of the failure of the department to have strict immigration controls. The department must not be scared to apply the law in relation to foreign nationals, as it fears it will be labeled xenophobic when it arrests or deports foreign, foreign nationals who break the law. The law is the law, and all people must be treated equally before the law, whether they are South African or not South African. The corrupt issuing of South African identity documents must be met with the harshest punishments possible. The budget must have a strong focus on securing all the borders in order to protect our young country. The department must work on the track and trace of all foreign nationals who are in our country. A study permit cannot automatically be upgraded to a work permit, and people must apply for work permits in their home countries before coming to South Africa. And lastly, all work permits issued, issued for jobs that unscathed 
or for critical skills, jobs that South Africans can do must be revoked as soon as possible. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. We'll now move to Honorable Modise of the ANC. Thank you, Honorable House Chairperson, members of the House, fellow South Africans. As we debate budget vote five of Home Affairs, during the birth month of Utata Nelson Mandela, we remember his words when he said, I quote, the truth is that we are not yet free. We have merely achieved the freedom to be free, the right not to be oppressed. We have not taken the final step of our journey, but the first step on a longer and even more difficult road. The true test of our devotion to freedom is just beginning. House Chairperson, all South African citizens are dependent on the Department of Home Affairs as it is the only department that bears the mandate to manage and secure the official identity and the status of citizens, and also to manage the international migration. The African National Congress 54th National Conference noted that the Department of Home Affairs does not have the requisite advanced technology, professionals, or legislation required to modernize and maintain its systems and processes for the safekeeping and maintenance of records. The conference resolved that legislation should be developed to reposition the Department of Home Affairs as a core security cluster department with adequate resources to enable it to achieve its vision of a modern and secure department. In March 2017, cabinet approved the business case of for repositioning the Department of Home Affairs as a modern secure department located within the security system of the state. Cabinet also announced that the Department of Home Affairs would be fully integrated into the JCPS cluster. In May 2017, a discussion paper on the repositioning of Department of Home Affairs was gazetted for public comments and was positively received in the main. The white paper was approved by Cabinet in December 2019 as a policy framework. In line with these commitments, the Department of Home Affairs noted that there is a need to enhance its capability to mitigate risk, deal with threats, and respond to national security initiatives. The department highlighted that the protection of citizens and non-citizens movement data, as well as the identity and status data are being critical. The new model requires that officials who understand policy, law systems, and processes and can investigate and solve problems while securing systems under the constant threat from criminal syndicates. The Department of Home Affairs reported that it has a learning academy which provides in-house training to employees. In future, the academy will be upgraded into a college. With the fourth industrial revolution upon us, the training and upskilling of employees are important for the changing world in which we live in. Since 1994, the department has made many great changes, which include, but not limited to, the introduction of smart card IDs, which have enhanced security features as opposed to the green ID book, passports, and the rollout of the e-visa regime and biometric access control for officials of the department. House Chairperson, the 54th National Conference noted the serious challenge of the porousness of our borders, which threatens 
As the ANC, we are pleased to announce that both houses of parliament have passed the Border Management Authority Bill and President has signed it into a law. Once established, the BMA will ensure a more efficient processing of goods at the country's ports of entry. It will strengthen our capacity to address border threats that could undermine our country's security, social and e economic development. There are many benefits to be had with this kind of repositioning. And the Border Management Authority, as the ANC-led government, our priority is to ensure that the identity and civic status of all South Africans are secured on the population register. Another priority is to manage international migration securely and efficiently. The DHA is an important enabler of economic development because no one can transact economically without getting the enabling documents from the department. The modernization of services is critical. Some offices are still manually driven and that was not good for the modern economy. While the COVID-19 pandemic necessitated a change in the order of things and affected the budget, we welcome the efforts of the department to ensure that service delivery continues, that its policies are implemented and that it is a better life for all. The ANC supports the budget. Thank you, honorable member. <clears throat> Members, may I remind you that you should keep your mics uh, muted at all times at, as it directly affects the speaker on the floor. Members, the following speaker will be Honorable Hendricks from Al Jama. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. Honorable House Chair, Al Jama supports the budget of Home Affairs because it enables government to give meaning to a foundational principle of the Constitution. Those in the country and those wanting protection as a refugee, the right to human dignity. The budget has started to embrace a zero-based uh, budgeting model, setting an example to other government departments. This Aljamaa gathered from the chair of the Portfolio Committee, Honorable Bongo, who said that there was not just a percentage decrease across the board. With a universal income grant on the radar, the advances made by the Department of Home Affairs under the leadership of the Minister to speed up the issue of added documents has not gone unnoticed. More needs to be done to give female refugees the documents they need. So the question cannot be asked of South Africa. What are you doing for the women of Africa? African women should be allowed in South Africa, document-free and visa-free, and only have the permission of the United Nations to be here. The minister is taking the lead to fight corruption so the sixth parliament can leave a legacy behind that under its watch, it dealt with corruption. Our Avonia trialists will be proud of you, minister, especially the late Tata Andrew Langeni. Aljama on his birthday reminded parliament about his last wishes for corruption-free departments. With this budget, we look forward to the Minister of Home Affairs looking to the plight of women who are losing their husbands due to COVID-19 pandemic. Their husbands, when they are hospitalized, are never seen again if they die. And all these gogos have as evidence of the death is a 
death certificate with an insulting entry, never married. The Deputy Minister referred to a large number of death certificates issued during the COVID pandemic. This applies to many women in the religious marriages like Jews, Hindus, and Christians. Al-Jamaa has made several attempts to restore these Gokos human dignity, but we have been unsuccessful. But women's month around the corner, we ask that the minister and the chairman of the portfolio committee have a change of heart and a very insulting entry for a woman married in a religious ceremony, or in the case of my constituency, a nikah for 40 years, celebrated and witnessed by the two families and the whole community, be changed to widow next to the ending uh, marital status. This dignified description is what we need and not never married. I took this matter to the big six of the ANC and we sat around the table at Arini, concerned about this injustice, but all we heard from the Department of Home Affairs was it is on the radar. I'm pleading to you, Minister and the Chair of our respective portfolio committee, take it off the radar and put the entry widow on the death certificate, not the insulted entry. Honorable member, your time has expired. Honorable members, the next speaker would be Honorable Sheikh Imam. Honorable Sheikh Imam, are you there? If Honorable Sheikh Imam is not there, can we pass to Honorable A.C. Ross of the GA? Thank you, House Chair. The special adjustment budget brings the events of the last several years into sharp focus. The Zondo Commission has been about the rands and cents of state capture and corruption. It was all big numbers, millions if not billions in the hands of a connected few. Now we are starting to see what these stolen rands and cents, what these millions and billions really mean. It is now that we really count the cost of the lives and the livelihoods of millions of South Africans that were sold to the highest bidder. Today we are asked to consider the removal of 562 million rand from the Home Affairs budget to go towards the fight against COVID-19. This fight needs urgent and significant funding. We see South African citizens fighting over oxygen tanks, rats drinking their blood out of gutters, their babies dying in maternity wards as there is just no staff there. The problem is that only a fraction of this 562 million rand is actually going to the fight against COVID-19. SAA will get 16.4 billion, the Land Bank 3 billion, and ETOLs 2.5 billion. The ANC has made its choice very clear. Caters before lives, caters before livelihoods. The Department of Health will receive just 2.9 billion rand in new funding. And so while a large portion of this money set aside for COVID-19 relief is going to bail out, who is going to bail out our brothers and sisters stuck in these hospitals of horror? Who is going to bail out our frontline healthcare workers who are under-resourced and on the brink of burnout? You see, it's more than just extra funding that is needed. Minister, the Democratic Alliance raised the issue of foreign-born locally qualified and certified doctors stuck on the Foreign Workforce Management Program. You know this program only too well. These doctors could be deployed to provide desperately needed reinforcements in the fight against COVID-19, but they are stuck with student and tourist visas. 
The DA urged Home Affairs to assist with the visa status changes of those in South Africa who applied, but have not yet been processed. You did nothing. We have a dire shortage of doctors. Do something. South Afrikaners, Alfadis and Gesinne, sit steeds vast by grensposter. Die komitee wat hierdie aansoeke oorweeg, vergader slechts een keer per week. Dit is nie goed genoeg nie. Intussen loop buitenlanders makkelijk onder ons grenswaslijn in Zuid-Afrika in. Doen iets. Boere op die grens van Lesotho is makkelijke tekens vir vee en ander diefstal die misdadigers wat met gemak heen en weer oor die Lesotho grens kruis. Now that the Border Management Authority Act is in force, we expect swift and decisive leadership from you on these issues. The Home Affairs Committee report on this budget initially stated that lives are more important than livelihoods. Yet when the DA proposed that the committee records its unhappiness that money taken from government projects for COVID-19 relief was going to ETOLs and other bailouts, this was rejected by the ANC. Caters before lives, caters before livelihoods. It was Mahatma Gandhi who said, a nation's greatness is measured by how it treats its weakest members. In Mandela Mant, Madiba would be ashamed at what is happening at the hands of the incapable state. You can fool some people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Be honest with the people of South Africa and change your motto from we care to something else. Perhaps caters before lives, caters before livelihoods. The Democratic Alliance rejects this budget. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. We will now move on to Honorable Chavani of the ANC. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. The ANC support this adjusted budget vote. The ANC, in, the, in extending word of condolences to Mlangin family on the sudden passing away of Ubaba Mlangin, one of the outstanding revolutionaries of the Congress movement, who displayed outstanding qualities, humility, revolutionary morality, and zeal the struggle for liberation. In his honor, we will continue to be inspired by his courage and resilience actions to liberate our country guided by the ANC vision to change the lives of our people for the better. This debate presents an opportunity for the ANC to assess progress and identify challenges in line with our 54th National Conference and consider the reprioritized strategic plans and programs of the Department of Home Affairs, IEC, and Government Printing Works. Honorable Ross, you must note, the budget adjustment is an account after a proper consideration by the ANC-led government guided by the material conditions imposed by COVID-19 on the needs of our people and response to mitigate economic challenges. As the government party, Honorable Ross, we have a responsibility to ensure service delivery to our people even amidst this pandemic. Chairperson, though this pandemic has, distributed, has disrupted the work of home affairs and other critical services, including issuing of visas, the department has demonstrated its ability to respond by putting measures that will continue to enhance their strategic vision to service our citizens. Like many other countries, Honorable Tito, South Africa's immigration policy aimed at regulating immigrants into our country while maintaining our sovereignty integrity, maintenance of security, and improve of social economic well-being of our people. Our immigration policy also expressed solidarity with those facing conflicts, natural calamities, persecution in their own countries. It is also 
critical and strategic importance that is being anchored and aligned to the promotion of tourism, job creation, trade investment within the continent and entire world. Honorable Chairperson, in our attempt to improve immigration in line with the United Nations and African Union protocols, the ANC-led government has moved closer, demonstrated by the signing of the BMA bill into act as articulated by Honorable Mujizi. It is worth mentioning that during this process of its amendment, it has enjoyed the endorsement of Honorable Andres Ross from the GA in our committee. He had appreciated the good work in terms of an amendment, amendment from the SOP and, and cabinet. Minister, last year you brought two South Africans into this house as a demonstration of a government willing to owning up to its challenges, but more importantly, to resolve them to the benefit of our people. They had experienced difficulties in securing their identity documents for the past 14 to 20 years, respectively. But upon receipt of complaints in 2019, the department reached out and resolved challenges within short space of time, informed by a turnaround strategy. Today, they and many others who have similar problems can access government social services and their rights and dignity have been restored. At the beginning of July 2020, we have received a similar case from Mani Joanna Ngonyama from Dakar in Wuhan in Limpopo, where the problem since 2008, she could not access government social services nor exercise her right to vote for those years. With the department's repositioning model in its operation, her difficulties have been since resolved and she'll be receiving her identity document in the next coming days. There are many cases which are on record which the department is currently resolving. And we're happy that there are plans to change ways of operations and uprooting corruption elements within its system is bearing fruits. This is a commendable and a demonstration of ANC government at work. Chairperson, we commend the Independent Electoral Commission on its consistent good audit outcome. This demonstrates good governance from both the commissioners and the personnel of the Electoral Commission. It is a demonstration of an acute leadership conscious to the mandate directed by the parliament. We are pleased that as the ANC, that the IEC is closer to finalizing the new management device system in preparation for 2021 local government election. It is still our resolve that this institution needs more budget allocation to optimize its operational capacity and to continue to improve on the plans in order to operate within the fourth industrial revolution era. ANC welcomed the judgment by the constitutional court, which has declared part of the Electoral Act unconstitutional. An ANC minister confirmed that we will work closely with the civil society in all sectors to ensure that this judgment is implemented within the prescribed period. On the government printing works, the ANC 54th National Conference has resolved to fight against corruption in both public and private sector. Therefore, government public printing works is not an exception. Chairperson, it's incorrect for Honorable Kanyile to reflect that we have not done nothing on this matter. It is correct that we've received a letter from the anonymous person alleging the allegation attached to the government printing works acting CEO. The committee in its wisdom acted in the process within the constitution and the rule of law, approached and submitted the complaint to the Public Service Commission. The Public Service Commission has done its work, has investigated the matter. We've conducted an oversight to the government printing works. What we can correct as facts share is that acting CEO, he was found with no wrong, wrongdoing on the corrupt allegations. The acting CEO has qualified, has qualification to can be any citizen 
to apply to preside over the government printing works. The allegation of the trip has been satisfied by, by the Public Service Commission as no wrongdoing which was conducted. Chairperson, what also as the ANC commend the work that the, the minister has conducted in the looking on the issues of governments, of government at the level of the government printing works. The ANC will not yet anyhow recommend for the minister to appoint any, any person who is qualified to be appointed as the acting CEO of a government printing works. Our work was to conduct ourselves oversight the issue of government printing work within the prescribed law. We can confirm to the public that the public commission has found no wrongdoing on the allegation that have been attached to the acting CEO of government printing works. Comrade, uh, Honorable Chairperson, we are fully aware on the work that the minister and the deputy minister are doing in conducting and shaping and changing the operational component of the government printing works, including the Department of Home Affairs. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Chamani. We'll now call upon the Honorable the Minister of Home Affairs. Honorable Mutualedi. Honorable Minister. Yes, Chairperson, I've unmuted. Can you hear me now? Yes, proceed. Yes. Chairperson, I said let me close by sending my deepest condolences to the Mlangeni family and the broader AMC family. I feel deprived because I had the honor of taking him out for dinner at Villagasi Street in December last year. I thought I was going to repeat the feat again. Unfortunately, death has robbed us of him. Chairperson, those who did not know the strategies of the German propaganda chief called Dr. Gubel have had an African female counterpart of Dr. Gubel in Miss Kanyele today. She displayed dishonesty and deviousness on steroids. Ms. Kanyele has got the court case with Ms. Fossi, a court case of defamation. And she now comes to the budget speech where you have got new people who know nothing about this issue to come and throw more mud, knowing very well that the person she's throwing the allegations against can't answer for herself. Let me give the facts. Others have already been given by Honorable Chabani. On the 17th of June, 2020, the Portfolio Committee of Home Affairs went to the government printing works, called all the unions operating there, and myself and the whole staff, and went through these allegations. And here are the facts. Allegation number one, it was alleged that Ms. Kanile doesn't have qualifications to be a CEO. In terms of the rules from the Department of Public Service and Administration, a person to be at that position needs RQV8. RQV8 is any junior degree plus any postgraduate qualification. That's RQ, RQV8. Ms. Kanile has got a master's degree. She has got three postgraduate diplomas, each of which can give her RQV8. So much about not being qualified. 
Then there's an issue of experience that she doesn't have experience. In terms of the Department of Public Service and Administration, you need to have worked for eight to 10 years in the public service, five of which must be in senior management to be a CEO or a DG because those positions are equivalent. Ms. Fossey has worked for 26 years in the public service, not eight to 10 years, 26 years, 16 of which was senior management, not five years, but 16. So much about the experience. That allegation about the French trip. I produced a file to the portfolio committee showing the approval for this trip. On the day the portfolio committee went there, the officials in the government printing works gave the names and I even produced tickets, plain tickets of the people who undertook this trip. All of them are senior managers of the government printing works, including Ms. Fossey. Three people flew on this trip and this information was given to the portfolio committee. It is now being repeated here again and again and again, a la Google uh, uh, strategy. The issue that has been submitted to the call, to the hoax, is the issue which Honorable Chabani spoke about from an anonymous, anonymous person who the hawks are still looking for because he's in hiding, doesn't want to bring himself, who alleged that Ms. Fossey is being campaigned for by ANC members, MECs from Gauden, DGs, and all that. And that's an allegation that is being uh, uh, investigated. Chairperson, when the portfolio committee went to government printing works, it is funny that the DA did not go on that trip. ANC went. Interference. EFF went. They did not go for that trip because they were running away from the truth. And chairperson, it's clear to me that it looks like it's a matter of life and death that Ms. Fossey should not have worked at government printing works. By now, we have got an, in an indication of why that is so, but it's not for me today to disclose that. And I think the time will come. Why is it a matter of life and death? To an extent where they are member, an honorable lady like Angel Kanile come to use Dr. Gubel tactics of throwing lies and lies and lies, even if they've been proved to be wrong. Honorable Ruos, my best friend, again, offered the wrong speech today because I didn't hear him talking about home affairs except foreign trained doctors. The purview of foreign trained doctors is a purview of the Health Professions Council of South Africa and the Department of Health. I'm not sure why it's coming in the budget speech of home affairs. Please go and check your facts very clearly about the issue of foreign trained doctors and the health professions. I'm afraid your time is up. Thank you. Thank you. I finished. Members, that concludes the debate and the business of this virtual mini plenary meet, uh, session. Uh, we will see each other tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.